0: You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities.
1: Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm Bill Powers. Joining me is David Erfley of JuniorMinerJunkie.com. David, welcome back on to the program. And in the last week that uh, Barbaric Relic is not performing too well, give us your breakdown of what's occurring in the gold price, please.
0: Sure thing, Bill. Well, thanks again for having me on. Always great to, to talk to you and and uh, your listeners. Well, it's pretty much back to the old drawing board for us uh, gold files here. Um, you know, uh, we were we were riding high going after the after the uh, the gold price broke out of that uh, consolidation triangle that's been in the process of, of forming for the past 16 months now. Um, when it got over 1850. Uh, closed the week above 1850. Uh, the GDXJ responded, and the GDX responded by rising to their resistance levels. And uh, but at the same time, the bullion banks had had uh, built up the largest short position they'd had since February of 2020. Before the last time, the gold price had a had a much bigger reaction to the downside uh, once once uh, it started to to, to, to uh, break down from it uh, from an important area so um, but the one thing that is encouraging even though well well let's stick with the gold price here if you take a look at, at the daily chart now it's building a bear flag on the uptrend line from the 1675 low from last August so there's a lot of there's uh, more stops to be run there below 1780. So and there's not a lot of support until you get down to 1750. Um, What started this uh, reaction was the Federal Reserve. I mean, was President Biden announcing something that everybody was expecting? Um, Everybody was expecting um, uh, Chairman, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell to to get another term. And that's exactly what happened. And that the more dovish uh, Lale Brainerd was passed passed over, but she got the, the vice Fed chair position. And this, uh, for some reason, triggered a lot of a, a lot of uh, gold stops below eighteen hundred the following day. Lo and behold, on the very last day of options expiration, so uh, in all those eighteen hundred. Uh, dollar gold options expired worthless you know i'm not i don't like to uh i don't like to harp on you know conspiracies about the gold price being managed manipulated blah 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 but um you know it's it, it's it, it's uh kind of a coincidence that it happened into options expiration day and also at right after the gold price had broken out but um we got to stick to the technicals and we got to stick to what the what the the market language is telling us now and the market language is telling me now that the gold price is probably setting up to test that 1750 level. And uh, it, we're going into a monthly close tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, November 30th. So the bears would love to run the stops to get gold down towards that level. I, I don't see how, how the gold price can close below 750 on a monthly basis tomorrow, but you know anything's possible in this sector, but I would not like to see that for sure. And then we have got more action coming up later in the week. Um, we've got um, uh, Powell and uh, Janet Yellen testifying before Congress uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. We've got uh, the jobs report coming out on Friday. You know, a better-than-expected jobs report could, you know, could boost the dollar higher. But now with this uh, Omicron variant, putting throwing another monkey wrench into the system. You know, the the gold price showed its its you know it it, it being it being a safe haven um, on Friday, as the gold price was one of the only things up that day. But most of that pop got sold off into the close. Um, while the S and P and the Dow, you know, they closed on their lows. So, uh, and also the gold stocks were acting like stocks, and they were they were selling off. But um, anyway, uh, basically, as far as the gold price is concerned, yeah, I mean, in the short term, we gotta we gotta look for more downside.
1: Dave, is this one of the hardest times to predict where the gold price is going oh. in your years oh. of doing this?
0: The hardest, bar none, absolutely, yes. And it just, you know, it's just another, it's just another um, fact of the matter that you cannot chase gold stocks. You know, even if there's, you know, uh, a breakout situation of, of a downtrend line, that's still, you know, that's, that's still no reason to, to, to chase gold stocks, you know, until you see breakouts from stronger resistance levels and a stronger resistance level in in gold now is is 1900 on a monthly basis close um, you know um as, as far as um what's going on you know macroeconomically um you know it couldn't be better for gold in, in the long term um you know negative rates you know um if you take a 10-year paper right now you know 10-year treasury paper and um you take a look at the uh at, at uh, the government uh, inflation rate, a 10-year paper is paying you know, negative 4.5% right now. And if you and that's not calculating real inflation. You know, if we calculate inflation the way John Williams Stato, uh, Shadow Stats calculates inflation, the way they used to calculate it back in the 80s, the real inflation rate's about 16% right now. But you know, the Federal Reserve's done a great job of keeping markets levitated. Of keeping uh, everybody believing that 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 inflation is transitory, because you know basically, as far as the gold price is concerned, it's all about um, inflation statistics and interest rates right now. You know, the market trying to figure out when they're going to raise interest rates, and now uh, since Friday's uh, takedown of you know of of pretty much everything on a half day session where the market is usually very you know ber- trades on very thin volume, it came out of nowhere. Um, Basically, the the the, uh, the the market is now fact is is now uh, factoring in a rate hike not taking place until September. It was June before, and now it's not till September. And if you if you're talking, uh, uh, you know, uh, bumping up tapering, or even you know, maybe even stopping tapering now because the Fed's got to factor in this thing. Um, you know, the, the market right now is is basically looking at how. Um, the, the the government governments are in damage control now, trying to calm people down, not to panic because they don't know, you know, about this about this new variant. Well, enough about it. You know, it's no time to panic. Blah blah blah. But um, you know, the market is afraid of of, of more lockdowns coming, and um, they're also afraid of inflation at the same time. So the, the the push and pull of those two things are making the gold price very volatile. You know, we had a false breakout. And we can easily have a false breakdown if the gold price breaks down below 1720. Now, I mean, that's, that's the the line to watch right now. We don't want to see uh, a close below 1720. We definitely don't want to see a a monthly close below 1750. And we don't want to see even a daily close below 1720 because that'll bring that 1675 level back into play again. But, you know, backtracking now and, and what i'm talking about here and if we look at the if we, if we look at the the gold stocks and how they're reacting to this latest breakdown um you know these these things are bombed out you know the the the, the retail investor left this sector a long time ago we're still just you know us resource investors we're still pretty much trading amongst ourselves in this sector you know, there's tax loss selling that started early, and there's still tax loss selling going on, and it's not going to probably not going to dry up until the middle of, of December, which is also when that uh, last Federal Reserve meeting. Is. So, you know, they're going to be talking. Of the, you know, they're going to be talking about this variant and how they're going to factor it in, and if if the market continues to show that that it's going to keep selling off, and and it morphs into a liquidity event, then you know you're going to see. Most everything being sold, but the the good news is for gold stocks is you know um, most of them have been sold already. You know they're bombed out already. So um, you know the last time we had that liquidity event in March, um, before that took place, gold had broken out and it was rising. Gold stocks were rising, and then it just turned on a dime and everybody sold everything. So, But this time, if there's a liquidity event, these gold stocks are already bombed out. I mean, some of these juniors are trading like gold's trading at $1,500 an ounce. So um, you just got to make sure to be in the right ones if you're holding. You know, if, if you're holding, because, you know, juniors, they don't produce any cash flow. So those are the first, first things being sold in a liquidity, liquidity event. So you just got to make sure that um, they have enough cash to last them through next year and that's another thing I'd like to bring up—a a, a bullish point as far as uh, where, where we're sitting right now in gold stocks. In relation to the last time there was a liquidity event in March, was we had a combination of that liquidity event in March where everybody was selling everything, but at the same time, juniors—you know—the the the, uh, the capital markets were not very healthy, and a lot of those, a lot of these juniors, they needed cash. So, but this time. These juniors are cashed up and yet they're still being sold. So um, you just gotta have more patience. Do not trade on margin at you know, for sure in, in, in juniors. And um you just make sure you get in the right ones to hold for the long term because there could be more pain coming up. Um, you know, these the the GDXJ is sitting on its uptrend line with gold. And if it if we see a weekly close below 32, we're gonna see a monthly close below 32 tomorrow. On the GDX and 250 in the HUI, um, you know it's it's a pretty uh, pretty good chance that the late September lows are going to be tested eventually on this move. So, you know, um, it's just going to take more patience, and it, it's 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 going to take uh, you being in the right stocks if you're going to hold stocks here, and also especially if you're going to bottom fish here, you know, because this is a great time to buy. But you have to have a longer term holding viewpoint in what you're going to buy and uh, just make sure that, um, you know, like I said, if, if these juniors are cashed up in, through next year.
1: Fury Gold Mines is a Canada-focused exploration and development company committed to aggressively growing its scalable high-grade gold assets with major drill campaigns planned across its 3.5 million ounce portfolio. Fury is led by a management team of proven explorers and developers with a track record of success in advancing and financing project development. Fury Gold Mines is well-positioned to create value for investors with low-risk development growth and the potential for a new major discovery. Fury Gold Mines trades on the TSX and NYSE American Under the ticker F U R Y. To learn more, go to FuryGoldMines.com. That's FuryGoldMines.com. Dave, as you know, uh, exploration is a tough business. And a lot of these CEOs are good guys trying to discover genuine mineral deposits. And we've seen some good holes put out, and the market yawns or the market sells off. And I kind of feel bad for some of these CEOs if they're working years on a project put out a great result and then the the market hates it or one seller needs to liquidate. I mean, what are your thoughts on what we've seen here a couple of times in the last few weeks?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing during, you know, during tax loss, silly season, especially, um, you know, in an atmosphere like this where everybody hates gold stocks, um, you know, these press releases are used as liquidity events to sell the stock, you know, no matter how good they are, unless it's like a bonanza discovery, you know, that, that, that really perks the market out, it's, it's, you know, it's going to get bought, but it's probably going to get sold off as as soon as it, as soon as it does get bought. So, you know, that, those are the thing, you know, if, if you are expecting uh, the sell-off to, to morph into a liquidity event, you know, those are the stocks you want to stay away from is the early stage exploration companies that don't have a defined deposit. Um, you know because like i said you know um uh, the stocks that are going to get hit the worst are the ones that don't have cash flow and um you know th- this is why the junior sector was hit so hard the last time we had a liquidity event um so um uh you know because we've all been let's look you know, I mean, let's be honest here. We've all been waiting for some sort of correction in a sharp correction to take place in, in the general equity market. I mean, it's ridiculously overvalued. So, uh, on every single metric that you look at historically, it's, it's the most overvalued it's ever been. And then you take a look at miners, you know, miners are trading at four to five times cash flow here, while, you know, equities are trading at 15 to 20 times cash flow. Um, so, if you're gonna, you know, my advice to people who are tuning into your show and you know have found this sector recently you know as kind of like i found the sector 20 years ago when i was looking for an undervalued sector in the marketplace as while everything was selling off my advice would be to start with with you know companies that have cash flow start with with you know with 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 quality miners you know quality royalty plays and then once you get yourself familiar with the with, with the sector, then start to go into the developer explorers. And you know, don't go into the exploration companies until there's there the market has has placed a solid bottom in, in this in this sector. You know, and I think it's in the process of making that bottom. It's just gonna be a while until the 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 bottom has been the accumulative bottom takes place. I mean, what is setting up now is kind of like what happened. In uh, at the end of the brutal bear market of from 2013 to 2015, you know, um, at the, it was the, the atmosphere was kind of the same. You know, uh, the Fed was talking about raising rates. You know, they kept talking about they're going to raise rates, they're going to raise rates, and the, the the gold stocks bottomed in September, and um, they they started to make an accumulative base, and then once the Fed finally announced. Um, it's, it's rate hike. That's when gold took off. You know, this has happened in the past. It happened at, you know, at the turn of the century. You know, the, 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 the um, the secular bull marketing gold began at the turn of the century began with rate hikes. So, um, you know I figured that. So do we have uh, another 18 months, Dave? Are we going to be sitting
1: here with these juniors <laughs> in our portfolio for another 18 months? like are? You-
0: well, you know another if you, if you want to take another you know example, uh, historical, um, you know we had the uh, the gold stocks rise from 2016 uh, from the January 2016 to August of 2016. That was six months. and um, that rise you know, was like 160% or something, uh, 40, 140, 160% in six months. That move took two years to consolidate, okay? This latest move that we had from um, March of 2020 to August of 2020 took only 4.8 months. The GDX went up a little even, even a little higher, broke out of a huge six-year base and has now come back to test that breakout and um, it has taken thus far only 16 months to consolidate. So it could take another few months easily, absolutely. But if you take a look at the, um, the valuation of the sector in relation to the gold price, the low that it tested at, at 31 was, was basically pricing in a $1,570 500, $1, gold price which is the 50% retracement level from the 2089 high after gold doubled from 1045. So is that a, is that a possibility now? Absolutely. You know, I wouldn't take that off the table. If the gold, if the gold price loses 1675, I think it could run to 1570 very quickly. But I think that would be a washout, false move down and everybody pile in moment type of moment. But as far as the juniors are concerned, a lot of them is are, have already priced in that kind that type of situation, and they're already you know most of them are already cashed up. You know, granted, you know that cash is is being spent now, so you know, um, and the and the capital markets have dried up again. You know, if, if the capital markets sniff a liquidity event, they're going to really dry up. Nobody's going to be fun with juniors. So you, that, I mean, I can't I, I, I can't stress this enough. You've got to make sure that these. High risk juniors that have no cash flow have enough cash into 2022 before you start getting into them because fundamentals valuations don't matter during liquidity events.
1: So if a listener is looking at one of these cashed up juniors that you're a developer or an explorer, how can they discern whether tax loss selling is over? Can you talk about how you would look at what's going on in the chart and the buying and the selling to determine if tax loss is over?
0: Mhm. I think it's already happened in a, in a few. If you take a look at if you see a junior, let's say there's a, there's a quality junior that you like, you know, and and a lot of these juniors they had bill they had 10 12, 15 times moves in 4.8 months. So that move has to be consolidated. I don't care where the gold price goes. You know, I don't care how bullish the sector looks. You know, a move like that has to be consolidated. So and and some of those have come off between fifty and seventy so percent. Nothing's changed as far as the company is concerned, you know. And if and if and if it's good, you know, if it's run by a good management team, they did the right thing. They cashed up that move. They cashed up for the next year or so. So, um, but what it's done is given you a great opportunity to to, to basically buy a fishing line because that's you know that's how you make money in the sector. You buy a fishing lines and you sell rhino right horns. That's that's just how you make money. And, um, but if you, if you take a look at their chart and how it's trading, I mean, get to know the chart, you know, watch it, watch, I watch the daily and if you see, um, a spike in volume combined with a fishing line sell off that's pretty much telling you that the, it, during, during uh, uh, this time of year during tax loss selling season, that's pretty much telling you that the last seller of size has mostly sold. And that's a good time to get in. I'm not saying that it's going to, it's it's going to rise from there. Even if it's
1: before the second week of December, because that's often.
0: Absolutely. Because these things, they bottom, they don't, you know, a bell isn't rung like, okay, tax loss selling season's over. You know, all these things are going to bottom. They all bottom on their, you know, on their own accord. They all bottom when the last tax loss seller of size has sold. So, and I'm not saying that, that, that once you see that, Huge liquid, that, that huge uh, volume spike. That's going to be that's going to be the bottom, but it's a, but it's it's a good chance that it is, and it could also be retested on lower volume, which is starting to happen now in a lot of these stocks. Because I bought, you know, a few of those fishing lines when I saw them, and I saw you know volume spikes. I told my subscribers, hey, this is you know I've been watching this this stock for months and months, and it's sometimes years. And waiting for the for the perfect you know entry point with with a with a you know with a, a, a lower downside risk because let's face it these things are all very high risk so you want to you want to buy them when the when when the risk is is at its lowest and um believe me the risk is 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 very low right now in a lot of these companies so um but like I said you know um you watch the volume because. If, if the if the volume comes down to test and it's going to be on lower volume and it's dwindling volume you know that's just that, that's that's normal um so uh and plus like i said you've got to have patience and you can't trade on margin and you know you just got to say to yourself okay i'm buying this fishing line it could go lower by half if you think it could, could even go lower than buy the other half later um so you know you just got to have patience and uh, you can't trade on your emotions with these things because they'll get you out at the wrong time every time.
1: And you buy in tranches and you are stringent on your limit orders too, we should point out too, right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. And when when you're buying, yeah, when you're trying to when you're trying to bottom fish, yeah. I mean it's it's good to buy, you know, what I like to do is I like to buy a a large position and then add on add on, you know, to that position later on if I can. And if it's if it continues to run, I won't I'll, I'll keep that, that position as my core position. And I won't add on to it if it continues to rise.
1: In light of everything we talked about the macro situation and recommending to invest only in explorers and developers that are cashed up. If there's a project you like management team, you like, would you personally invest in a private placement to capitalize a company at this point, or is the macro situation too risky to where you would, you would wait for a better environment?
0: Yeah. You know, um, I've really cut down on my private placements. Um, You know, I mean, the, the rules are so strict for us US investors now. I mean, I really, really have to like it. The legend removal process is really draconian. I mean, they're doing everything they can to dissuade US investors not to invest in private placements, which is beyond my comprehension. And you really don't need to right now. These things are so low. You don't have to have that warrant. These things are so cheap in relation to the gold price historically. And, you know, if you have patience and you have cash and you're not worried about, you know, what your return is going to be in three months, you could be down, you know, 15, 20 percent that, you know, that can't bother you. You just got to keep holding on to with. Um, so uh, but, yeah, I mean, so this is this is a great environment for the retail investor, right? now Because you don't you don't need to have that warrant leverage. You know, I mean, uh, it's nice to have. Sure. Um, but, you don't but really it comes with it. a
1: lot of risk, like you're describing. Absolutely, the whole Absolutely. especially the
0: U.S. investors. You know, yeah. l- let me just let me just uh, you know for, for people who don't understand how these private placements work. For, for a U.S. investor, if you get into a private placement, um, you have to go through something called the legend removal process, and it's not only on the shares, but it's on the warrants. So if I'm a Canadian investor, I can sell those shares after four months in a day. But if I'm a U.S. investor, I have to wait an additional four to six weeks to sell those shares. And also on top of that, there's two different types of legend removal. There's have sold legends and will sell legends. So if it's a if, if it's a have sold legend removal, then you have to wait. You have what you have to sell your entire position to get the legend remover. removed. If it's a will sell legend removal process, all you have to sell is just you know. You know, a hundred dollars with the shares to get it removed. That's another. You know, that's that. That's another thing that another landmine that we have to deal with. So, and
1: Dave, you know, when nowadays, I present you a private placement, that's what you yeah. always ask me, Bill. What's in the legend? And then sometimes I have exactly. to go back and say, CEO, what's on your legend? <laughs> yeah, you do. You have to do these things. And you know, it's funny. A lot of these CEOs don't, don't even get it. You know,
0: I, I say, what's the what's the legend removal process? Is it have sold or will sell? They just look at me like. I've got you know, I've got you know corn growing out my ears or something. What are you talking about? What's that mean? <laughs> they don't even know.
1: That's right. So they, they just say my really lawyer takes to- care
0: of it? <laughs> yeah, you. mean, you really have to do your research. You really have to do your due diligence. I mean, I really have to love a, uh, a company now to to get to get into a private place.
1: Yep. Well, David's website is juniorminerjunkie.com. As you can tell, he sleeps, eats, drinks, breathes the junior mining sector. He had no- My gray hair's time. a lot grayer,
0: now, can tell.
1: <laughs> and, and Dave, uh, I can tell like when the market's down, the emotions of of the interview is a little different when the market's up, you know, it's- <laughs> you, you <laughs> like I said, you live, breathe, eat, and drink this, and you write a newsletter, and I'm, I'm sure there's openings, right? Because the, a couple always <laughs> drop off when the market's down, right? Plenty of room. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there's room to get on the ship. Uh, well, Dave, thanks for your insights, and we'll touch base with you again in a month.
0: Absolutely. Always a pleasure.